Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 86, The Valley of Guanji, from 1969. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back! I am your host, as always, Hugh Lloyd, and welcome to the show. Now, before I introduce my very, very special guest... Let's check out the trailer for The Valley of Guanji. Ladies and gentlemen, what you are about to see has never been seen before by human eyes. back ladies and gentlemen and i am joined by the one the only the great and powerful the one the only mr peter nielsen how the devil are you sir powerful (laughs) okay okay i'll take that how Uh, you doing my friend doing doing fine like i said i have some cinnamon scented coffee uh, right next to me and uh, we have a good movie to talk about so uh it's Sunday evening, which means it's work tomorrow. But I'll, 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 I'll just ignore that for now. <laughs> I'll try later. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, the, the... and and it's it's uh, oh 
Oh, what is the date today? The 29th? 29th. The, uh, the, of the, well, the day of the recording. I don't know when you're re- releasing this, but it has it is, it is actually been snowing outside, like I told you before. Cinnamon, coffee, and snow fast approaching, approaching Christmas. Yep. It's almost it's idyllic. Nice. Almost it's idyllic. Nice. Yeah, and it's, it's the first advent of Christmas, too. Well, yeah. You just thought of that. Yeah. As, as of this recording, when yes. you release it, it's not, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... We are talking, um, and I've got a real soft spot for this film. I and, and I and rewatching it again has made me just love it all the more. Um, this is just this is a this is real Saturday afternoon, Sunday evening entertainment. Goodness, um, oh, it's, it's just, just it's goodness. Just, it's just wonderful, um, and of course we are talking. 1969's The Valley of Guanji. Yep. As we teased in the, the last episode I was on, which was actually a while back. It was a while <laughs> Just, back. Yeah. It, not that we haven't talked, uh, no, uh, but uh, we haven't recorded. No, we haven't. Uh, in, a, in a while. So yeah. uh, so uh, people have, would have, they will have had plenty of time to watch this. Yes. Yes. If not, well, we are probably going to spoil it. Yes. And it's a movie from 69. It is. It is. And I just, and you know what? Even though it was made in 69 and, you know, it's still, it's just so much fun. There's just so much fun. And, of course, this is a Ray Harryhausen film. (laughs) And it's just, his work is just phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. Should we even... I mean, going down the list of his uh, the, the work, the special effects work he's done on movies, it's 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 a long list. It is a long list. It is an in, you know it's incredible. Um, you know, I mean, the Jason s- and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts. Sinbad. With the with the skeleton fight that is un unequaled oh, to this completely. day, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. There is no so... way on earth. And I still, nope. again, it's one of my films that I go back to. Um, oh yeah, yep. So often, and if it's even if it's on television, and I've you know I've got it on Blu-ray, and I think I still got it on DVD. I had it on VHS, and I've seen it. I must have seen it a hundred times, if if yeah. any. This is one you watched when you were a kid. Yes, and I still so. sit down and watch it. It's a good one. Oh, it's, it's well, there's uh, like Mysterious Island, oh. Clash of the Titans is a, is a good one, or yes. uh, the Sinbad movies. Oh, yeah. Which is it? Out of curiosity, which is one of your favorite Sinbad movies? Oh God, why do you do this? Uh, I like the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, that yeah, I think that's probably my favorite of the Sinbad movies. Yeah, yeah. I you know, and I I got a, I got a bit of a soft spot for. Um, the Eye of the Tiger as well. Yeah. You know, cause... It has a great poster too. Oh, it's just immense. It's just incredible. <laughs> Even the, the um, uh, one of the first scenes uh, I watched from uh, like a Harryhausen scene was the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I oh. think that was the first. I think that was the first scene of the, uh, that I seem to remember. Yeah. Uh, was the, the, what did he call it? The Redosaurus, I think, uh, yes. where, where it picks up the police officer and, and, and gobbles him up. That's, yes. I think that's the first scene I ever saw from a Harryhausen movie. 
as a kid and that was it i was like well terrified because yeah yeah uh, as a kid but then it's it's you're kind of hooked oh absolutely. i've always loved stop motion so. I, I still do i still think and i still think it should you know it's still a place for it in cinema yeah i think it's still got a place for it definitely in cinema I mean, my first my my first exposure to Harry Ray Harryhausen was was Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, I think that's what that's what came after. Uh, but I think the first scene I, I didn't see the whole movie. I just saw I remember watching that scene from uh, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. But uh, I think the first movie I saw all of it was uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, so uh, just it's just incredible. It leaves an impression oh, on a absolutely. young kid. <laughs> absolutely, and, I mean... and what's good about what's good about Harryhausen when he did, I think I, I, I don't remember. I, I I sent you a link to what I wrote when he passed away in two thousand seventeen, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wrote a little bit on it and, uh, back then. Oh, wait, two thousand seven, two thousand thirteen. Sorry, it was May seventh, two thousand thirteen. So I haven't read that bit in a while, uh, but. Um, uh, Harryhausen, what he did, well, first of all, he, he took classes of, of uh, studying biology, so you kind of get the movement. And yeah. what's the what the most important thing is that kind of is missing in a lot of CGI today is weight. Yes. You have to add weight to it. And he put, what Harryhausen did was put, Kind of like a personality into his figures, the, the way they stand, the stance they have, and yes. the little, like in this one, when it scratches its head and stuff like that. Yeah, little yeah. things like that to make it, to make it more Harryhausen esque. Yes. So, and that adds to the flavor. I, absolutely, and it and it feels real, you know. And we'll come on to the elephant in this, but that. Yeah, and no which point. looks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> At no point when you look at it is it like, that's ah, a bit of plasticity. But it's... But it, it matches the, the friggin' elephant you see when the circus comes to town. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for, for those of the who are uninitiated in... Mm. Um, all things Guanji. All things Guanji. In all things Guanji, we are, of course, you know, this is a story of... Um, a cowboy called, and this, this film has got some amazing names. <laughs> it does. Tuck Kirby. Yep. Tuck Kirby. Played uh, by the the amazing uh, uh, James Franciscus. Yes. Um, and we'll come back. We'll, we'll come back to him because he, yep. He, I mean, he's had an event. He had an, he's an awesome career. Awesome mm -hmm. career. Um, so you've got Tuck Kirby, and he comes back. Uh, to track down the love of his life who is in a failing sort of circus. Uh, kind of like a Wild West show. Yes. Circus kind of thing, yeah. At the turn of the century to buy her horse, uh, allegedly. Um, mm -hmm. And then they discover... Um, what is the name of the little horse that they discover? What is it called? El, Dia El, El Diablo. Diablo. Yes, yeah. El Diablo. It's, a, it's an Aohippus. Yes, an Aohippus. Uh, which has come from the Forbidden Valley, yeah. um, the Valley Road. That is an amazing effect on that little horse. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it is awesome. It is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, from the Forbidden Valley, uh, um, ruled over by Guanji. Um, <clears throat> and then they sort of obviously, they ignore all the warnings. 
They yeah. Ignore all the well, warnings. They, they kind of discover uh, the the forbidden valley because well, there's there's also well, we have cowboys, we have dinosaurs, we yes. also have gypsies. Yes, we do. We kind of have a little bit of everything. The gypsies know about the forbidden valley. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's like kind of it's a sacred place. You don't you don't take anything from it. You're because you will uh, in well you'll you'll feel the wrath of Guanji. Yes. And uh, so they they kind of well kidnap uh, the El Diablo to to uh, take it back to the Forbidden Valley. Yes. But they and they refuse to let anyone know where it is. So these cowboys led by uh, well it's not really led by uh, Tucker because there's also his uh, his uh, the love of his life apparently TJ um oh, damn it what is her name TJ TJ Breckenridge yes Breckenridge and and her um uh, friends they discover kind of the the entrance to the forbidden valley by out of by chance yeah yeah but uh, after that it's like let's explore <laughs> yes, I'll come on to their their idea of exploration in a bit because <laughs> um, from an ecology point of view, <laughs> it, well, well, these these forbidden valleys have been in in comics and movies and like in, in Tarzan and, yeah. and uh, Marvel comics with the, the. I mean, this this is really nothing new. Yes, but still, but but. I don't think we've seen it with cowboys before. No, not at all. And essentially what Guanji is, is a giant Allosaurus. Um, yeah, sort of Allosaurus like... slash Tyrannosaurus. Yes. It's kind of a mix of them, I yes. think, but it, it looks damn good. Oh, it looks, it, it's just, it, and like you said, even like its movement and the way it turns <clears> its head and the, the little scratches that it, you know, that it scratches his head. It's just a fantastic, fantastic um, creation. And I mean, this one was uh, directed by uh, Jim O'Connolly. Uh, yep. It was written by uh, William Bast. Um, stars the wonderful James uh, Franciscus. No, go. What were you going to say? No, I was just looking at Jim O'Connolly and William Bast. Yeah, he worked the screen. I think it was uh, the, the the. It's based off a screenplay that uh, actually Willis O'Brien. Ah. Uh, did way way back that because uh, he was he was meant to do this movie very early on but nothing came of it and then and and willis o'brien being the, kind of the mentor of ray harryhausen yes uh and uh, ray harryhausen kind of find this found the script and and uh, they went with it from there so so uh, willis o'brien has had was Kind of, and I say that in quotation that people can't see, uh, <laughs> in it too. And uh, Willis O'Brien is like a, like like Ray Harryhausen, one of the, uh, the the icons of stop motion. King Kong. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mighty Joe Young. Did he do Mighty Joe Young? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, just King just... Kong is one of my absolute, one of my all-time favorite movies. I watch that movie over and over and over again. Do you know what? I'm going to say it now. And I'm not being controversial in any way, shape, or form. It is a masterpiece of cinema, and it is. I'm just... glad you went that way. I was, I was scared there for a <laughs> second. That's like, and oh, no. as much as I love Peter Jackson, his King Kong does not have does does doesn't even come close to the just the magic of the original. No, because no, there is that 
sense of magic. And I like the the Peter Jackson King Kong too, but it's uh, let's be blunt, it is a bit too long. Yes, there's some scenes yes. that make the movie come to a screeching halt, and you yes. think, okay, moving on. Uh, yes, it's still good, but there's something about 1933's King Kong that I think it's 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 I don't know it's. Again, being a little kid watching that movie, and yeah. I would have loved to watch that on the big screen. Oh, just to see that, you know, and just, you know, and it's so iconic. It is yeah. so iconic. And to see, like, you know, Fay Ray being lifted. Yes. Is just, it's, it's Let brand- me have a moment. Yes. <laughs> there. There's a lyric somewhere in a, in, in a musical Yes, and we've been through that uh, a week or two ago. We did, yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just a it's just a stunning, stunning piece. I think you could even describe it as a piece of art. It is a piece of art. There is no two ways about that film. Um, yeah, and, and again with the like, like Willis O'Brien, like yeah, he did before Ray Har- Harryhausen put mm. uh, personality into his creations because oh King yeah. Kong has. Uh, He's kind of a perv. Yes. To be, to yes, be, uh, to be fair. But then again, it's favorite, so I don't <laughs> really blame him. So, uh, but there's the pe- personality in him, and and yeah. So, and that that's, I think that's the important part in doing a stop motion movie because Guanji has personality in this one too. Oh, definitely. Death so, without a shadow uh, of a doubt. Yeah, so so that's the important part of this because a movie like this wouldn't work if if you didn't have that. No, because it's the little things that. Yeah, yeah. It, there's no two ways about it, and I mean, nope. Like we say, this you know, and the fact that we're talking about the creator of the visual effects in this film, Ray Harryhausen, and sort of his creatures, almost him, his creatures almost being. Th- the film if yeah. you know the first thing that people think of they don't think of jim o'connelly no. as the director it's ray harryhausen's guanji yeah you know they, there's no ifs or buts about it you know when you people think jason on the argonauts they think skeletons mm-hmm. um talos um you know the, all of these things that you know with, with sinbad you know you think about you just automatically jump straight to Ray Harryhausen Um, and his fingerprints are all over this film all over it you know Mm -hmm. you know from from Guanji himself to um, the hippocampus to the um, the triceratop which is just awesome the pterodactyle um, oh yeah (laughs) that that, that, uh, picks up Lopi yes poor Lopi Uh, you know the elephant is just just incredible. They just wonderful. Hell, even even the, the the scene at the start where she's jumping with the horse down into the yeah uh, oh uh, into the kind of pool of water. That is all. She you see it kind the horse kind of jump. That's for real. Yes. But then it shifts seamlessly. Yes. Into absolutely. Harryhausen creation. Absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. So and I mean, this film is uh, you know the cast is headed up by the wonderful James Franciscus, who. Um, Sadly, is no longer with us, and he passed away in 1991. Um, yeah, lots of people will remember him from uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, where he played Brent. Too. Yeah, um, horror fans will remember him from Argento's uh, Cat and Nine Tales. 
Yeah. Um, and, and and people, uh, well, over here because it's it's still as I th- I think to this day still banned in the U.S. Uh, L'ultimo squalo, squalo, great white or the last shark, yes, or, you know, right, yeah. were by Castellari. Which yes. it is. The shark looks shit, movie, <laughs> but it is it is so immensely entertaining that movie with the uh, yeah with, with some of the lines I, I, yeah it's like what they actually in the they find a, a piece of a surfboard that is <laughs> it's been bit by a shark of course yes but the line goes when they fish it out of the water and say well this is clearly not done not done by a chainsaw well yeah <laughs> what floating chainsaw have you se- what wait what i often take my chainsaw surfing i just think it adds an element of danger yeah, to it you just drag it behind you in the water yes of course Did, was so, the, so uh, was Squalo is an entertaining movie with a shark that looks like shit yeah is vic morrow in it <laughs> yeah 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 he's kind of the the quint uh, i think in it with a with an accent that goes in and out from scene to scene, and sometimes in the same scene, from uh, from uh, line to line, same sentence. Um, yeah. And then we get uh, Gila uh, Golan. Yeah, Gila Golan. Golan. Our um, man Flint. Uh, yeah. And her. Well, she doesn't really have a big. She has eight credits, but I looked her up because I always find it fascinating to see why why they only have a few uh, credits, mm. and discovered. Well, she wasn't. She was mainly an, an uh, a model. Yes. Uh, born in in Poland, yes. and they say around 1940, because they don't really know exactly when she was born, because she was hidden from the Nazis at a young yeah. age. Yeah. And I found that I it is they found her uh, at a train station. Yeah, yeah. She was spotted at a train station. Yeah, it is. It is so fascinating. Yes. And and then again, she she, she was in a, she when she grew up, she was spotted by an American photographer, and she was a model. And then after that, she uh, she I think she wait, what did I say? She is she lives in Florida and runs an investment an investment business. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So, it, it, but the the fact that they don't really know how exactly how old she is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure with a and a year or so it's not like uh, you it's a couple of years but somewhere either 39 or 40 and yeah, they don't yeah, really yeah, know yeah fascinating yeah and absolutely. she looks she is a beautiful woman yeah absolutely and i mean they dubbed her over though because of her yeah because her did, accent yeah. was very strong so they yeah. dubbed her over but what's fascinating is she is She's not the kind of usual damsel in distress. Oh, absolutely not. In a movie like this. She is she is skin on her nose. She knows what she wants and she's not afraid to take it. I mean, it's it's a strong and independent woman. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about the fact is, you know, when they rope in Guanji. Now, oh god, we'll talk about that <laughs> sequence because it is amazingly oh, done. Absolutely. She's right in there. Yeah. She's right in there, which you'd never see usually, you know, particularly during this time period of, of cinema. You no, don't see it's always know. standing in the background doing kind of like the holding up their arms in front of their head. Oh, yeah. save me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get... No, she, she grabs a rope and just gets into the fray. Absolutely. And then we got Richard Carlson. No, I love this name. What a character's name. Champ Connors. Yep. Now, I What's don't... your name, sir? It's Champ. 
I don't think that a name could be any more American if it came with a slice of apple pie and a stars and stripes stapled to it. It is um it that is just such a quintessential cowboy name. Yeah. You know Champ Connors. Champ Connors. Tuck Tuck Kirby and Champ Connors. Oh, <laughs> we see we should have had more adventures of Champ and Tuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cool. come. Uh, yeah. yeah, going off into the yep. And then we come into Lawrence Naismith. Yes. Lawrence Professor Na- Bromley. Yes. Uh, of course, he was in the Village of the Damned. Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Jason uh, and the Argonauts. Jason and actually. the Argonauts. Yeah. A Night to Remember. And one of my favourite musicals of all time. See if you can guess. How to handle a woman. Mark me well, said the wise old man. Why does that ring a bell? The way to handle a woman is to love her, love her. Which one? Okay, I don't know. Two things come to mind: either Taming of the Shrew or oh, um, not quite. Uh, um, uh, stuff. I'll give you another clue. I'll give you it's, another it's clue. It's here on the tip of my tongue. Uh, a law was made a distant moon ago here. July and August cannot be too hot. God damn it, I hate you. And there's a legal limit to the snow here <laughs> in... I don't know to say. It's, Camelot! I mean, it, it is a oh, son of a he bitch. He played yes. Merlin. Yes, he was yes, Merlin yes, in Camelot. Yes. I love Camelot. It's just, it shouldn't work in any way, shape or form as a musical. You've no. Got, you know, Richard Harris and Franco fucking Nero, for God's sake. Um, and I love That's Franco right. Nero, he, but he, he did was Merlin. Damn it! It's just I just love it. I love Camelot. I love it. <laughs> That's right. He was. I'm. Yep. Looking at a, uh, an image of him now. Okay. Nice. And then we. I, get... I have not. I have not seen that in. Oh, I love it. I don't even remember. I love it. It's just so. <laughs> it's just so cheesy and camp. I love it. I love it. Um, and then we get uh, Frida Jackson as. Tia Zorna, the witch. The uh, gypsy witch. The gypsy with the, witch, with the, yes. with the eye. Yes. And then um, Gustavo uh, Roja as Carlos uh, de yeah. Oro. How strong is Carlos? Uh, well, they're, they're fighting a dinosaur. Well, he, no, the first time we meet his character, he... Um, he, you know, whilst uh, Tuck rescues the poor Lopi from mm-hmm. a charging bull, he then wrestles the bull. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I wrote that down, bull wrestling. <laughs> yeah, by put, he puts the bull in a full Nelson and yeah. wrestles it to the floor. Carlos. And then, later on in the film, he wrestles a pterodactyl mm-hmm. and breaks its neck mm-hmm. with his bare hands. Yep. Holy shit! <laughs> See, Carlos is a uh, is a. Uh, He's a tough hombre. Yes, <laughs> he is. <laughs> I like. I kind of like Carlos. I was sad when he uh, spoilers when he uh, met his uh, demise yes. in the jaws of the of Guanji. Yes, and then we but, get Curtis Arden as Lopi. Yeah. So, <laughs> Little Lopi, which is who is essentially there to be picked up. And eaten, or nearly eaten, or gored, or yeah. But he's also what I like about him. He is a little businessman. 
Yes, yes, he is. I can show you how to get to to the the Wild West show. Oh, how much is it? Well, for you, and then I'll get you a horse, and I will also get well. For you. <laughs> and and then he and he they bargain back and forth, and and when he gives him money, no, no, it's five dollars extra. And I say, why? For the saddle, like <laughs> you little son of a bitch. <laughs> and later on, how much is uh, when when they're all parched and they're dry and hot out in the desert? And he's like, how much for water? Well, one peso for you, half. <laughs> so no, so so kind of Lopi kind of plays a, a bigger part in this. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. But getting back to the bull thingy, yes. I wrote down. Getting mauled by a bull is apparently good for your love life. Because well, TJ Breckenridge doesn't really want to have anything to do with Tuck. But no. later on when he's kind of uh, getting in the in, in the way of a bull, yes. she warms up a little bit. She does. Hmm. I mean, you know, who would have thought that in order to win the affections of a woman, all you need to do is nearly be trampled by nearly a ton of steak? Yes. <laughs> If I had only known earlier. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so there you are, all you single people. In order to attract the love of your life, all you need to do is throw yourself in front of a very angry cow. Yeah. Go go to the nearest farmhouse. Well, not now because it's, it's cold and, well, it's, yeah, not well, it's fun. Snow- but in the, it's in snowing with you and it's, it's rather misty here. So, yeah. um, well, yeah. actually here too, so. So, but but then you 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 take the 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 love of your life for a little picnic. You go past a farm, and then you, for some weird reason, jump into a fold with bulls and and, and cows. And yes. You you have at it. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully hopefully you can crawl out by yourself so she can, uh, yeah. so she can uh, bandage you up and whoop de doo. Yeah. Happy days. Everyone's yeah. a winner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, 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 she she's not totally won over though, but but uh, no, for no. The, for the moment she is. No, <laughs> I mean, obviously, when we're looking at this, this this film has got so many like incredible moments to it, and one of the it's, most. It's, I love westerns. Yes, and then you throw in dinosaurs. Absolutely, uh, and and yeah, I don't need we say more. No. Cowboys versus dinosaurs. Yes. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of leads us into the roping. Because oh. when they when well, because they the gypsies kidnap or kidnap seems weird. They they take the little uh, miniature horse yes. El Diablo yes. back to the Forbidden Valley. Lets it go, and there's a great shot with uh, one of the big horses, and uh, where they've inserted the little. Yes, uh, El Diablo, and they—that yeah. was kind of like I, I watched, uh, uh, you know, the 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 feature that I yeah, uh, yeah, found yeah, on yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and they talked about that, and it kind of that was just like they they filmed the big horse, yeah, for, for for some reason, and it it reacted exactly how they wanted it to react, and they said, for, and for that reason alone, they kind of put that shot in there, but that makes again. Like we said earlier, it adds personality and Absolutely. and realism for some. Yeah. <coughs> God damn it, coffee! Hang on. <laughs> I mean the that little that, ah, that little sort of that little horse that little El Diablo. Yeah. Um, you know when it comes out of that little pen 
when it's first introduced with, with oh yeah where it's kind of dancing almost yes, it's 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 just it's such a wonderful scene and it's you can see how this film has such broad appeal um you've got the western element of it you've got the the, the the dinosaur element to it and then you've got this like almost like childlike wonder that runs throughout mm. the film um and it's just it's just it's, it's just it's a wonderful it's a wonderful wonderful scene yeah they they and they follow this uh, because the bromley uh, yeah. naismith's character sees uh well all of them sees money signs in front oh, of yes. their eyes it's all about uh, commercialism and and, <laughs> and money and he said where there's one aohippus there may be more and just think of the possibilities so he he kind of wants well, he kind of tells the gypsies where the the little horse is, so they yes. can take it, and and so he can follow them to the Forbidden Valley. Yes. And when they get in there and they see uh, Guanji, the the big dinosaur, uh, the the dollar signs get bigger, and think, huh, what if we can feature this on the Wild West show? Yes. Think think of the money. And I, you know... so they decide to rope a dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest with you. My first inst- instinct would not be. Do you know what? I, I think I can probably capture this with my bit of rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I think I can. You know, I, I think I can give this a go. Yeah. Again. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have known better. Now that sequence. Um, the way which the way they filmed that is incredible. Oh yeah, and they talk in that little uh, featurette that I well, it's on my DVD, and then I I sent you the link uh, on, on YouTube. Yes, they talk about that scene extensively, and the way they shot it because they had kind of like a jeep. Yes, uh, where they had kind of like a, a pole on it where they could. So the cowboys could throw, well, or not the cowboys, they're actors, Peter. They're actors, they're not for real. <laughs> could throw their lassos around it. Yes. To make, to get those shots. And uh, so there's actually three shots here. There's one with the, the cowboys on one side of the screen and uh, another shot with the cowboys on the other side of the screen. Yes. And then there's the middle part where the Jeep is. Yeah. Uh, that you don't see because uh, they, they uh, put Guanji in front of it. So it looks like the, the the ropes, and I'm sitting here showing it like people yeah. can see it. Uh, show, uh, throw the lassos over there, and yep. the lassos are animated and made kind of stiff. So yes. they had to align in every every frame. Yeah. And I've done stop motion, and it is painstakingly slow. Yes. Yes. But then having to align the lassos so they fit every frame. Yes. From two sides? Yeah. With a moving dinosaur? Yes. Well, he, he, they put him on a, a rear projection. Yeah. They put him on a, on a rear projection plate. So well. That scene, and it took forever to oh, shoot. Yes. I mean, that is... And to match it. Yes. I mean, the one thing that really impressed me in this, mind you, is the horsemanship. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the spills the stunt people took. Um, yeah. Are you know the the cowboy the Wild West show 
at the beginning with the attack the indians are attacking the uh other native yeah, the, americans the, sorry the classic yes attacking <laughs> classic wild west show attacking the wagon and sort of people diving off their horses and you know there's no crash mat when they're landing they are hitting the dirt yeah. stuntman yes it it's it it hurts yes so, uh, Yes, I mean they're good. I've, I I have watched Wild West stunt shows in the past. It's been a while now, but I yeah. have both both here in Sweden and also in in uh, in the U.S. Yeah, and it is kind of cool to watch. Oh yeah. So, but uh, but uh, falling off a horse is uh, there's so much that can go wrong. Yeah, and I don't think there's a painless way to fall off. No, this. and I think there's a one scene. I think that's actually Champ Connors. Yes. You have to say it like that, the hero way. Yeah. <clears throat> Where they're, it's kind of when they're riding out from the, from, um, where they're chased by Guanji out of uh, of the, uh, of the Forbidden Valley. And there's kind of like a decline. Yes. And they fall down, both horses yes. and men. And, they, yeah. and he falls, and it looks like the horse rolls over him. Yes. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, Richard Carson, who played uh, Champ Connors, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, famously, he was in The Creature. I only just realized he was in The Creature from the Black Goon. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that was the first movie I wrote down when I saw Richard Carson. Yep, that's one of my absolute favorite movies in the whole world and all the time. Yes. He is, um, and he's also in... Um, the Little Foxes. Okay. <laughs> which is a great film with uh, Bette Davis. Absolutely brilliant film. It's a proper little, um, um, like, sort of pot boiler. Um, huh. About. I'll have to um, check that out. It's really, really good. Uh, 19, uh, 1940, 1941. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's great. He's, he's he's really really good. He's a really good character actor. But of course, he was in the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, yeah, came from outer space. Yes. Uh, and the the King Solomon's Mines from 1950, which I've seen, which is a good one. Oh, it's a great film. Great film. And, and, uh, here's another controversial point, though. I do prefer the Richard Chamberlain film. Well, it's a, it's a. It's a completely different take on it. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> but I kind of, I, I don't hate those movies either. Well, the no. second one's not that great, but the first one. The first one's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a bad movie. So, no. But there, I think there's been, I think there's a couple of King Solomon's Minds yes. movies, but, but I remember watching the 1950s because as a kid, and like you said earlier on, movies like this and King Solomon's Minds and, and the Tarzan movies and all, a lot of the old classics and sorrow movies oh. and and okay let's not go down that rabbit hole there's so many movies <laughs> oh, they yeah. fit like a sunday or saturday matinee oh afternoon. yeah yeah and i mean like i mean one of my all-time favorite films it's it's always it'll always and shall ever be in my top three films is zulu I love Zulu. I think you know. It, I'm oh, oh, yeah, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. obsessed with that period of history anyway. Uh, absolutely obsessed with 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 the with the Anglo Zulu War as a piece of history anyway. But you know, yeah. also coming from Wales and having that sort of, the, you know, the the fact that that regiment is from Brecon and it was not too far from where I live and all those kinds of things. Just obsessed with it. But it's a great Saturday afternoon matinee. Yeah. Sunday Sunday movie, you know, you got like films like Zulu and Jason of the Argonauts, 
and you know the Vikings. Oh my God, the <laughs> Vikings just yeah, with uh, um, ah, damn it, showing old Kurt age. Douglas. Yes, exactly. I have that you somewhere. Sparta. I mean, it's it's as historically accurate as a Pompeii. Oh, you just you you were going to mention Spartacus. Oh, Spartacus. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think I heard Spa and yes. Yeah. You know, I'm Spartacus. Oh, no, just... I'm Spartacus. Goosebumps. Yes, yes, and, you know, and, it, and it fits perfectly now when we're getting into the. <laughs> I almost said dark ages, but yeah. the darker time. <laughs> yeah, with the with fall and and uh, winter and all that, and a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon is perfect for going back and watching some of these older classics. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and don't get me wrong. You know, I, I wonder if sometimes people think, "Oh my God, how how much horror do you actually watch?" And yes, I watch a lot, of, an awful lot. But at the same time, I'm I love sitting down and watching a classic. You know, you know, and even films like you know, and I mean, you go back and you look at The Alamo, and uh-huh. you know, not not you know, when you if you really wanted to break them down and dissect them, they're not a you know. They're not the most, you know, they're not an accurate historic slice, you know, no, but they're just, but they're fun. That there's something entertaining about it. Or, yeah. you know, um, what's the one where, what's, what's the Viking movie with Richard Widmark? Um, um, the Iron Horse. Yes. Uh, um, I and Sid- up, and but... Sidney Poitier's in it as well, isn't he? God damn it. Oh, son old, of... old age showing. I, I, I don't remember at all. Yeah, but again, you just... It'll, 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 give me 10 minutes after we're done recording, and I'll... Yeah. yeah, it'll be there. You'll be in the middle of a retro movie geek episode, and you'll go, ah! I'll just, yeah, just scream a, a random title out. <laughs> anyway, back to Guanji. That roping scene is just... And then we go from that... Into, it's a long scene, too. Oh, it is, yeah. It's a good, you know, eight, ten minutes. Yeah, which um, is, I suppose, not all that wrong, because roping a dinosaur... Is I'm sure not an easy task. I'm sure it takes a bit of time. Yes, but it's fun. They, they, they I mean, they're like four different and 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 TJ uh, like Jilla Golan's uh, yeah. Golan, character jumps into to it and helps out. So they're kind of like like we said to uh, align the lassos. I mean, it's not just one or two. There are four riders at one time with four lassos. Yeah, trying to. Uh, capture this um, this I don't know how cool is that idea though you know you've got cowboys lassoing yeah. a dinosaur yeah that's it it's, it's yeah it's like guys I have an idea <laughs> and just go with it I I mean that's the well that one and, and late when we get to the mayhem at the end of the movie are yes. kind of the centerpieces because it's uh, it takes some time before the action really gets going, but after that, it is oh, it, it does, is nonstop. Yeah, I mean the film is ninety ninety six minutes. It's ninety six minutes long. Yeah, so it's not a long movie. No, uh, and it got you know, and it doesn't. You know, there's a few little bits where you think, oh come on, get to it. But yeah, but they don't. They don't really. They don't take it that far where you really think, uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't stay on those scenes all too long. Yes. Yes. And then, I think the chaos ensues. 
and like you said, you know, they arrive, you know, for me, it makes me laugh. They arrive in, <laughs> they arrive in the valley, the Forbidden Valley. Yeah. Um, and instantly they try to rope uh, the, the first mini dinosaur that they see. Um, one oh of them... yeah, the, yeah, the little uh, yeah, the the little thingy there. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So they try to rope that one. There's a tiny, you know. Then the, <laughs> then um, uh, what's his name? Oh, the um, Lopi. Lo, no, Lopi then gets you know attacked by yeah. a pterodactyl. And, yeah. <laughs> and then we see you know the pterodactyl um, Carlos uh, wrestling the pterodactyl. Uh, yeah. Then Guanji shows up, so they start shooting the place up, uh, and then the Triceratops arrives, and there's a bit of a showdown between the between Guanji and the Triceratops, and then we get into the lasso in of Guanji, and then there's Guanji versus the Triceratops, which is immense. It's yeah, it's incredible. It is an incredible, incredible series of events. You know, and it's just so. And then they, yeah, and then they bring it to holy shit. You know what? This is just dawned on me. This is this is like King Kong in the in, in cowboy times because they they take Guanji from his natural habitat. Yes. I.e. Kong Island, if we go that, and then yeah. they take him and they rise the curtain up just like in King Kong. Y- and yes, holy wow, okay. However, hmm. however, the opening you know, when they raise the curtain of. Guanji. Uh, well, the, the cage has already been loosened up yes, by the dwarf that yes, we haven't even mentioned. Yes, who has then been eaten by Guanji. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they, they kind of raised the curtain up with a, with a hot air balloon. Yes. And the first thing audiences see is the little dwarf being, being be eaten by, uh, by Guanji. And they say, lower the curtain, lower the curtain. <laughs> Shit, drop it down, <laughs> drop it down. <laughs> and after that, it's just I wrote down mayhem at the Wild West show and church. Yes, um, because it goes wild, and the poor little elephant. Yes. Well, it's not that little, but it's still poor. Yeah, I mean that elephant picks that fight, mind you. Mm-hmm. That elephant. Yeah, it's not like it's it's not like it's cowering. It it uh, throws down uh, Guanji. Yes. Uh, one or once or twice. Yes, it's it gets stuck in there, mm-hmm. and then you know, un- and then unfortunately, Professor Naismith buys it. Uh, yep. Which I thought was really painful. It just the hook when that giant, uh, the iron part of the cage collapses down on him. Yeah, it's just like oh, it, it's uh, it smarts a bit. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you've got you know the people trampling out of the, out of the stadium. That way, it's so well done. It yeah. is so well done that scene. Um, and the and the sort of um. The the blind uh, gypsy sort of witch, who's been trying to warn everyone about the you know the evil of Guanji, uh, and she well, gets she, knocked she, over. She kind of orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah, she she tells her companion, the little dwarf, yeah, to uh, unleash Guanji. She he opens the cage. Yes, I yeah. don't really know understand why is that because she, I don't yeah, I don't really understand her. Her motive there, but it doesn't really matter because, uh, yeah. Well, it doesn't it, end well. N- no, not at all. Because no. uh, Guanji goes to town. He does, and she gets trampled, which just like, yep. that that scene, and people are, like bumping her at first. You just know mm-hmm. how it's going to go, and then it's oh, oh, and then when they sort of you know Guanji is released 
onto the streets. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's just wonderful. It is just one and so well done. And at yeah. no point does Guanji look like a claim as a stop motion figure. No, it looks alive. Yeah. It absolutely. looks like it's really there. Yes, complete totally. Totally yeah. it does. And it sort of chases down, you know, it quite clever everybody runs into the front it runs into the massive church um, it is a big church yes like was it was a cathedral i suppose it was kind of like a mini town on its yeah. own yeah and they all run in through the front door and they yep. run out the back door which is a clever idea it's not it i mean i don't think i would have thought of that at first but the, i thought the same thing like why are they running in there and then ooh, okay yes make sure to close the doors yeah yeah, and then you get sort of you know, and I think you know you got you got TJ in there, you got Lopi in there, and then you got um, Tuck is in there, and yep. they managed to lock Guanji inside, um, which is which is and again see it's seamlessly done with the with the actors and and the puppet. Yeah, absolutely, and you've got like this sort of that, that moment where TJ and Lopi are trying to hide from Guanji and yeah. snapping at them. And it's it it the even the sound you can they've even added I mean the sound effect lends to the realism of it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because it looks it sounds painful when those jaws snap. Yes, yes. And do you know what the other bit that sounds really painful is when Guanji is meeting his demise at the end. Yeah. And Ouch. in the same way I felt for King Kong, I kind of I felt exactly the same for Guanji. Yeah, because. Had they just left him alone? Yeah. Like like with King Kong. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that cathedral burning down. <laughs> yes, they destroy that cathedral. Not completely. only does it, like, burn down, it collapses. No, no, it collapses. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can just imagine all the locals stood outside. Yeah. Just staring at the circus people. Going, thanks for that. Yeah. And Thank we'll you. Be crying. Yeah, Lopi cry. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you've brought this, this, this dinosaur here when we told you not to do it. Yeah. And now people have been eaten. Yeah. And somebody's been trampled. And yeah. now you burnt our church down. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, because because if you think about it, a lot of uh, towns back then uh, were almost built around a church. Yeah. yeah. So one, the churches were one of the central buildings in town and uh now it's well it's a pile of rubble yeah and, and burnt dinosaur bones oh, yes and that is a long scene too where you yeah. see that where you see guanji burning and screaming in pain yeah and i mean like you, you see everybody outside they're all sort of staring and you can hear guanji yeah thrashing around and screaming and then like not only is he on fire things fall on him yes he's like well, basically the whole church falls yes on him. At the end, yes, you know. So I, would you would you say that in in King Kong it's where they say it was beauty killed the beast, and this one it was greed killed the beast. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, because everybody kind of gets, you know. And I mean, you know, you could. You, I think sometimes there is the, the temptation to dig far too deep deeply into certain yeah. films, but you know what you see is what you get with the, with with Guanji. But actually. <laughs> One of the things that happens is whenever any of the characters get greedy, something bad happens to them. Yep. In this, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the professor gets greedy and ends up being crushed. Um, <clears throat> Carlos was warned, like his brother was warned at the beginning. Um, you know, the the circus gets greedy and, you know, they nearly yeah. kill everyone. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's no, after this, there's no way going back to circus because who would, I mean, it's done. It's over. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so I love the uh, band yeah. in the circus. Where they, oh, yeah. They're, they're playing right up until the end. And then when they start running, the, the, you know, the, the, band, the, band, the band conductor is kind of looking at us, where, where are you going? And then sees yeah. it. And then he's it's just, it's, yeah, he's, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, I know we've talked quite a bit. What are, you, what are your favorite moments in this one? What are your favorite moments? Uh, I, I mean, we talked about it because the roping scene is amazingly well done. I'd say it's iconic. It is iconic. Yeah. But also what you take away from this movie is how absolute it is a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's very colorful and uh, and okay, I know the dinosaur kind of switches colors in in the different scenes, but I I think they kind of had to rush it a little bit. I didn't yeah. have time to call it coordinated later on, but Yeah. That uh, uh, it, the, the movie looks really, really good. Absolutely. But uh, like you said, the, I don't know. It's a favorite movie. It, the roping sequence and uh, yeah, that, I mean, because that really stands out. Yeah. To be to be honest. Yeah. It, and it, then it, again, I like James Francisco. So uh, yeah, yeah. He's a great. He's a, and he's a great character actor. You yeah, know, and he looks good in this. Yeah, he the does. Outfit and everything. And I, I'm, I know it's weird. We're talking about a movie with dinosaurs and cowboys, and I'm, I mentioned now that he looks good and that outfit suits him. Well, <laughs> even Carlos, the blacks and the red. Yeah. Red shirt. Oh wait, red shirt. Mm. Ooh. So? Like in Star Trek, that's not good. Not no, a good thing. Absolutely not. Any away mission. Yeah. That just dawned on me. Yeah, the red shirt. <laughs> anyway, but he he look. I mean, that's a good look too. Uh, yeah. The the red and the black vest, and so uh, again, it it all looks good, and the town looks good, and the circus looks good with the colors and everything. And so, uh, but again, it's the, the effects that stands out because you watch this movie for Ray Harryhausen's uh, effects in this movie. So the roping sequence in all its glory is. Is is fantastic. That's kind of what stands out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, you know, cowboys versus dinosaurs, mm. Allosaurus versus Stegosaurus, elephant. Allosaurus versus elephant. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's just it's it's phenomenal. It's just just one sort of. It is like every every ten year old boy's fantasy. It's just the the greatest movie ever made. Yep. You know, I all wrapped up into ninety six minutes. And, and I would really like to see this on the big screen. Oh. It would have been so somewhere. So, anyone listening, after all of this here, virus is, is done yes. in a year or two, perhaps, hopefully. Could someone please put this up on the big screen? I would sit there front row with munching popcorn and being giddy as a little schoolboy. I would love to see this at a drive-in. Ooh, nice. How they could awesome, do that now. How awesome would it be? Because I think this is the kind of you know, this is I suppose if, you know, it's it's probably slightly above a B movie, yeah. Um, 
but it's that great, it, it would have that great feel at a drive-in. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just to see it on that on a massive screen would be. Oh, <sighs> <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I love the fact we did that in unison. Yes. Just that. Oh. <clears throat> Same thought. Yes. Oh, it's just it, it, this is just a wonderful film, Peter. What? How would you score this one? If even if you can. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of scoring movies like this. I, uh, but uh, well, movies in any way, because I, I I like any movie to be seen. Well, taken with a grain of salt, though there are movies that should not be seen. But yeah. never mind. <laughs> but scoring this, I mean, going because we have in the past. Uh, kind of put one score on the entertainment value and then on the movie itself. But yeah. in this one, it, it the entertainment value and the movie itself yes. are indistinguishable because it looks good, it's very well done, and it's entertaining as hell. So this is up at, I'd say, oh, wow, I don't know, somewhere around an eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. Because it is so entertaining, and you're never bored with no, it. No, not at all, not at all. And I don't think, <clears throat> and I don't think it gets enough love. No, it kind of. I don't think. I mean, if you if if you mention the value of Guanji, people think, oh, okay, yeah, isn't that the one kind? Of, they kind of have to think a little bit. Yes. Uh, but they okay, dinosaurs and okay, cowboys, yeah, and they kind of dismiss it. Yes. But uh, I, I mean, so I mean, it's not. I don't think it's uh, forgotten uh, uh, per se. But it's not in because when you mention Harryhausen, it's basically like Jason and the Argonauts, Mysterious Island, Golden Voyage of Sinbad, oh. and, and, and those movies. You don't really hear the Valley Guanji all that often. No, no, and I think the you know the. Harry Ray Harryhausen's hits are phenomenal. He, mm-hmm. You know, people sort of bandy the word legend around, don't they? You know, mm. very, very easily. But actually, he genuinely, you know, he is the tr- he's a true, true legend. I mean, you know, if you think what well, Mighty Joe Young was nineteen forty nine, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, it came from beneath the sea, um, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. 20 million miles to Earth, seventh voice of Sinbad. Wait, wait. And also, because we have to mention it, one million years BC. Oh, yes. B- b- because, well, well, just because. Well, his work did get slightly overshadowed in that one. But... I know. I'm not saying anything, but yeah, it, it needs mention. Yes, you know, I think. You know... <clears throat> but even the, the way, like in Mysterious Island, which is in, in a, a great book uh, yes. that I suppose every adventure-seeking boy read back in the day. Absolutely. But the crab in that one is a real one that they bought, and yeah. uh, <clears throat> they didn't let it go to waste because they cooked a meal out of it. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I saw a, a documentary with Harry House, and he said uh, it, it was a delicious meal, too, so he didn't let it go to waste. <laughs> but then he kind of he uses that shell and with all his mechanics and all that stuff, and just thinking of using a real crab, I don't think it. I, I, it's it's genius. Yes, oh god! I mean, the man is you know, and even like sort of Clash of the Titans. I mean, mm-hmm. by nineteen eighty one, obviously effects are moving on slightly, 
Um, however, Pegasus, Medusa. Oh, uh, the Medusa is phenomenally well done at that one. You know, the Kraken. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just... Release the Kraken. Yes. Oh, it's just... Even the Vultures <laughs> with Calabos. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's just... It's fantastic. It is, you know, it is absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it, it, it's just... Somehow, know. I get the feeling of of uh, us covering more of the older stuff, the old stop motion movies. I think that may be something that that, that could be happening. Because <laughs> have you have you seen the old black and white the uh, 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 the scorpion the black scorpion? No, I haven't. <gasps> okay. No, I haven't. Nice. Have I got that on my shelf? I don't know. I've got. A... Take an account that take an account that it, it, the it, the scorpion of that one kind of makes weird sounds and almost screams and what. But then again, creatures back in the, back in the movies they did that. I've seen some movies with giant spiders and the spiders kind of screamed. Yeah, and they don't really do that in real life. As unless far as it's I know. that unless it's that big motherfucking thing that you sent me that picture of. I know. I was <laughs> that might actually wield a knife and scream <laughs> motherfucker at you as it as it <laughs> jumps on your face. But but the giant squad, it's it's a really really well done movie. Even uh, even them with the with oh, the giant ants. Oh, oh we have a lot of movies to cover, my friend. Them, as if we didn't have that in the first place. And them is a oh my god, my it's god, a good movie. Them, oh. one of my favorites. And do you know if when I was a kid, it actually freaked me out the noise of them before you even see them. The noise, yeah. Oh, so good. So okay, good. So we know what people have in the coming. Uh, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> unforeseeable future. We yes. have uh, lots of movies to cover. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. And for me, you know, Guanji's an eight and a half. Um, and everyone should see it. Everyone. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, there's and no. And actually, the DVD I have, it, it, it looks really good. Yes, it does. So, uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. I've got a Blu-ray. It's really good. Ooh. I have a Blu-ray of it. HMV yeah. did like one of the, like it's Legends collection. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's on that. It's, it's And it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Nice. Um, but every, and the joy of this film is everyone can watch it. There's no bad yeah. language. There's no oh. nudity. There's a little oh. bit of violence. Um, yeah, but again, it's, it's, it's a dinosaur movie. You know, it's, it's cowboys. It's dinosaurs. It, <sighs> Just everyone should watch it. Everyone yep. should watch it. Absolutely. Of course they should. So, my friend, where can the good people find you? Well, on uh, my usual spots, Retro Movie Geek, yes. uh, Tear on the Tube, and and here. Yes. And on occasion over on uh, uh, Land of the Creeps. Yeah. And uh, they can go back to Forgotten Flicks and hear some of our old stuff and read some of my old stuff and... Uh, and I, I'm on Facebook and Letterboxd and Instagram and I'm, well, all, all over the place on, on online. Yes. So, Peter, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it was you know, fun. I've been looking pleasure. forward to this. Yes, me about too. This. Me too, my friend. And we're gonna we're certainly gonna have to do more Harryhausen, and we're definitely gonna have to be diving back into some of some of the older, some of the classics. Yeah, with with there's uh, I mean movies with giant spiders and insects and and <sighs> well giant giant. Well, uh, 
I don't know. There's a lot of movies with giant anything in it. Yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can find some. Uh, Peter, my friend, thank you so much for being on. It's always a pleasure. It's been fun. Yes. And absolutely. too long. But it has again, been schedule, too long. Schedules. Yes. And, 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 and the world being as it is. <laughs> and you being busy with a movie. I have. I have. I've been there. It's, it, do you know what? It's really strange. Because it's sort of it's everything is gearing back up now, mm. um, so you know today with you know things are really starting to you can feel the motion starting to pick up for it now. Um, nice. So fingers crossed, August twenty twenty one we will be uh, rolling the cameras. So, Ooh, I know, nice. I know, and we've been selected for the horror. You know, the short film was selected for horror. Oh, yeah, 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 yep, I heard that. Which was just like, oh, okay, shit. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this is this what? Okay, okay. sure. You know, you, oh, you like me. You really like me. Oh God, that's how it feels. <laughs> well, Classic my friend. Speech. Yes, yes, or infamous, depending on which mm. way you want to look at it. My friend, infamous is better. Thank yes. Thank you so much for being on. Anytime. You, you know take that. care, man. I'll speak to you soon. You too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> As always, I want to say a thank you to my incredible co-host, Mr. Peter Nielsen. Thank you so much for being on, my brother. I really, really appreciate it. I can't wait for you to come back because we have got uh, we got a few uh, we got something planned, um, and I'm really, really excited by it. Because um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but keep your ears pinned back, ladies and gentlemen, because we got something special planned. So up next, we have got what the Wookie watched, and up first, we have got. Stephen King's The Langoliers from 1995. Let's check out the trailer. What's the weather like? Clouds at 20,000 feet from Great Plains all the way to Boston. From the best-selling novel by Stephen King. Trouble, mister? Where is everybody? What's going on here? Across the boundaries of time. Mayday, Mayday, this is American Pride, Flight 29, requesting emergency aid. So, this place is utterly, totally deserted. Air Force Control, this is American Pride, Flight 29, do you read me, over? Beyond the gateway to another world. We're no longer in our own time, ladies and gentlemen. It's really wrong here. You're all dead. Something is waiting for you to arrive. It's coming, don't you understand? Something's coming towards us, rather nasty. They are predators. They chew the eyes right out of your head. They are relentless. Mangaliers are coming. They're coming for you. And they are very, very hungry. They will eat you alive! Alive and free! Okay, that was the trailer for the Langoliers. Um, I don't know whether that trailer informed or confused, because I've seen this a number of times and it left me a little bit confused. 
Now, The Langoliers from 1995, of course, is a adaptation of Stephen King's uh, story, The Langoliers, uh, which featured in Four Past Midnight. Um, great book. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, and essentially, it is the story of a group of passengers who are on a flight from uh, Boston, uh, or on a flight to Boston, from Los Angeles, sorry, um, and they fall asleep, and when they wake up, nobody is left on the plane, and then they have to make an emergency landing. Fortunately, one of the characters is a pilot, always handy, uh, when aboard a uh, pilotless plane, I suppose, and they have to land in Bangor, Maine, and what they find out is that the airport is empty, and there's nobody around, and when they try to make... Um, Whilst they're trying to sort of discover what is going on, they realise that uh, they are the only people left and there's nobody else around. Um, This was directed by uh, one of my favourite directors, Tom Holland. Of course, Tom Holland uh, directed Fright Night. Um, It was also, the screenplay was also written by Tom Holland and, of course, Stephen King, who also makes a small cameo in this. It's got a great cast, this one. It has a really, really good cast. It's got um, uh, Patricia Wettig, uh, Dean Stockwell, of course, of Quantum Leap fame and of Blue Velvet and Dune. Um, Tom Holland, the director, also pipes up. Katie Ma- uh, Mabelie pops up in this. Uh, Mark Lindsay Chapman, Julie Arnold, Lindsay, Frankie Fajian, who is a superb character actor. Really, really, really good character actor. Uh, David Forrester, David Morse. And in what could be described as a scene-chewing um Performance, the great, the one, the only Bronson Pinchot, um, who is just superb in this. He is just so over the top as the um, paper-ripping mad executive who um, stabs the blind girl in it. Um <laughs> This the miniseries comes it feels like a very very long um, Twilight Zone episode, and unfortunately it, it it sort of it's dated quite badly. But then I think that's some of the thing that kind of holds the charm for me about this one. And I remember renting this uh, back in the day and loving it. Um, however, the use of CGI in it is shocking, shocking. Um, and if you can forgive that, you're in for, a, you know, you were in for a reasonably good time with it. I mean, it's it's long because it's a mini series, about two, two and something, about two and a half hours long. Um, and this was before uh, this was before the time where we got television was still television and was seen as a lesser art form. This was before we got the wire and the shield and uh, the sopranos and those kind of things. Um and you can see where the budget limitations are in this. But when this is most effective is when it is very much about the characters being on their own and trying to work it out. And like I said, it has this great sort of creepy, um, twilight zone feel to it. However, when the Langoliers do show up and they just look like sort of some kind of shitty Commodore 64, um, <laughs> 8-bit graphic-y sort of... CG monstery mash 
they're just awful. They're terrible, and it almost and it almost completely derails the entire thing. However, Bronson Pinchot is amazing in this. Um, I love his performance. It's so over the top. It's so silly. Um, Dean Stockwell is great in this as always. Who is kind of playing, um, you know, a sort of. Uh, a, a, a grumpy King-esque writer. Uh, like I said, King also pops up in a small cameo. Um, I really enjoyed this, and I would recommend it. You can find it, actually, on YouTube. Um, and it's not a bad transfer, and it does feel like you are watching it uh, back in the day because it's still got that very sort of overlit uh, 90s feel to it. But I really like The Langoliers. It's a really, really silly TV series. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, it is long, so, you know, brace yourself. Um, but I would give this... I'd give it a 5.5 out of 10. Okay, up next, we have got Fantasy Island from 2020. Let's check out the trailer. There is an elevator. In the elevator, you press the button to the floor with no name. Behind those doors, there's a life you always dreamt of. The plane, it's here. This weekend, you will be our guests. Here, anything and everything is possible. No service. It's not everything is possible. Good evening. I'm Mr. Rurik. Let me officially welcome you to Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island! I'm curious how this all works. What if your fantasy involves a person from your life? Holograms, like Tupac. What if it's somebody who died? Tupac. So, what's your fantasy? Revenge on a childhood bully. Your life is about to change. one fantasy per guest and you must see your fantasy through it brought her back to life no matter what oh my god that's really her work this is not what i meant what the hell is this place people die here the island's twisting what we asked for brought here to have our own fantasies. I want it, I got it, I want it. We were brought here to be a part of something else. I got it, I want it, I got it. I'm your friend. I've always wanted to hear you say that. Okay, that was the trailer for... 2020 Fantasy Island, which is a re-imaging, um, badly, unfortunately, of the wonderful Fantasy Island TV series from 1977. Um, of course, this is a Blumhouse production. Um, it was directed by Jeff Wadlow. It was written by Jeff Wadlow, uh, Christopher Roach, Gillian Jacobs and Gene Levitt. 
who created the original TV series. It starred uh, Michael Pena, Maggie Q, Lucy Hale, Austin Stowell, uh, Jimmy O. Yang, uh, Portia Doubleday, um, Ryan Henson, a criminally underused Michael Rooker. Uh, <laughs> and Kim Coates pops up in a really, really entertaining um, cameo in this. Uh, Kim Coates, of course, was uh, starred famously in The Sons of Anarchy. And essentially what we have here is um, a group of people are brought to a luxurious island where they are told all their fantasies, where they get an opportunity, I suppose, to live out their fantasies. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, This has been given a so-called horror re-sort of imaging of it. and I gotta say, bland. It's really, really bland. Um, it's got a great cast, and the cast work incredibly hard. Um, it looks, it looks good, but then for the money that you know, considering that it's not massively budgeted, but it's got a decent budget, it looks okay. But God, this is boring. Um, it's, 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 you know. It, very rarely do I think, oh, I'm going to turn this off. But I was very close on a couple of occasions. Um, I don't think it quite knows where it is wanting to go. Is it, it? I think they should have, if they were going to do it, and they should have gone completely down the horror angle, then that would have been fantastic. Um, and I th- think what they were trying for is to aim for that PG-13 market. By, but by doing that, they completely defanged the entire film. Um, it's got a couple of moments in it. Um, you know, with you know a few little 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 scares here and there. Um, you know, and at times you think, oh, here we go, it's gearing up, and we're going to get this sort of almost like uh, in a couple in a particular scene that involves um one of the characters extracting uh revenge or exacting, not extracting. I suppose they she was exacting and taking some taking revenge on um her high school bully, um, and we get this sort of enormous hulking uh, doctor who comes in. You think, oh, here we go. This is going to start falling into sort of uh, hostile territory. But nope, 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 it doesn't at all. Um, Yeah, there's nothing to it. Really, really nothing to it. Um, And it's bland. And I think that, unfortunately for me, is, is, is just criminal. It is criminal, and I hate sort of being really negative about people's films because I know nobody ever sets out to make a bad movie, um, and people work incredibly hard. But, oh, just, no, just didn't work. Just did not work for me, I'm sorry. Um, And for me, this is a 3 out of 10. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our time draws to an end. And that's all that's really left for me to say is... Thank you once again to my incredible co-host, Mr. Peter Nielsen. Don't forget you can go find him over at Retro Movie Geek on Forgotten Flicks. Uh, You can find him lurking on the interwebs on Instagram, and uh, I think he's still on Twitter, I think. So you can check him out there, and don't forget, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in the undead Wookiee and we shall appear. Boof, like magic. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, I'm still... I we're 86 episodes into the into the sort of run of the Undead Wookiee, and I still am blown away 
by the wonderful comments that people make about the show and the likes and the follows and everything. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it, and it's very, very humbling. Um, so, once again, thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, all that is left for me to say is, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are.